Hey, Aspire Leaders, thank you so much for joining myself and my wonderful guest, author Jonathan Cranford, this week as we're going to be discussing how to create an academic space in ISS or in school suspension and how to transform that environment to be trauma responsive. So he's got four exciting pillars that we're going to be discussing. But before we dive into that conversation, I want to share with you a quick strategy and a story about boosting your energy, especially in the new year. Just yesterday I was sluggish in the afternoon. I was falling asleep, trying to get some work done with the Teach Better team and trying to figure out, well, what is missing in my day, in my routine? And it felt like some of the days that I used to feel like when as an administrator, you know, I'd be running around crazy on the campus, jumping into my my office, jumping to classrooms, going to the hallway, working with students and grabbing anything I could find. So sugary snacks in the front office caffeine drinks, soda, energy drinks, all that kind of stuff. And, and feeling just horrible through the day, especially in the afternoon, I was crashing and, and getting real sluggish. And so uh, what I was finding was just that if I was trying to consume a lot of caffeine, a lot of coffee, a lot of energy drinks, uh, I get real jittery and then also restless legs. I, I get that a lot, uh, especially with the high volume of caffeine. And so the way I was feeling yesterday was because I was missing one really impactful drink that I usually pair with my coffee in the morning, which is Magic Mind. So you've seen me multiple episodes. If, you, if you're a consumer of this podcast, often been talking about this at the end of 2023. And now in 2024, it is part of my everyday routine, which is to grab one of these small little tiny drinks that are really impactful. They have natural ingredients and they make sure that you have sustained energy throughout the day. So I've been trying to pair that in the morning. Like I said, with my coffee, as you all know, I'm a huge coffee drinker. So I try to extend the life of my coffee by just having one of these little tiny Magic Mind drinks. So Magic Mind is committed to quality ingredients. They go all over the world looking for the best supplies and really trying to find natural ways to boost your energy throughout the day. I don't know about you, but I am always looking for healthy ways, especially as I'm getting older. So make sure you're going to magicmind.com slash aspire. There you can get 20% off your subscription by using the code aspire20. Now, not to rush you, but this is going to the end of the month. It's going to end the end of January 2024. So make sure that you're jumping on there, magicmind.com slash aspire, and make sure that you're using the code aspire20 for 20% off. For those who are watching on YouTube, I'm going to make sure that I put that on the screen for you so that you can get that code because it's important. You get a huge supply um, with that order. You can get a bundle. That's what I do to make sure that I have my weekly supply. And that way I have not only natural ingredients, which is healthy, but then also that energy boost that I need in the afternoon and the evening. With that, I want to turn this conversation over to Jonathan as he's going to be sharing about his book. I'm so excited about this conversation because this is a struggle that I've had on my campus previously where I was trying to transform the in-school suspension room to make sure that it was something that was benefiting my students academically, but then also with the social and emotional needs uh, of my students. And so we're going to be talking a lot about how he started to see a need to transform that for his students. Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire to Lead, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua Stamper. 
All right, welcome back, Aspire Leaders. I'm so excited for tonight's conversation. I've got a wonderful author, an educator, and if you're on YouTube, you can see the book right here. Super excited to talk about this, but Jonathan Cranford's with me, and man, thank you so much for joining me this evening. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, the book, The Art of In-School Suspension, and I know that's a a touchy topic for a lot of folks. Uh, If you're a student in ISS or maybe you're an administrator putting students in that space, I know that, you know, for some campuses, including myself, some have transformed that space um, to try and make it something that is a little bit different than the traditional areas. And I cannot wait to pick your brain on this topic. But before we do that, Jonathan, will you just share with my listeners a little bit about yourself and your educational and leadership journey? Sure thing. I am in my 12th year as an educator right now. I spent my first seven in special education on a campus for students with emotional disturbance. So very challenging population. And after that seven years, I went on to become an ISS teacher for five years. Uh, Somewhere in there, I wrote uh, The Art of In-School Suspension. And the last two years, I've been training ISS staff at all of the 10 middle schools and some of the high schools in my district. All right. So let's talk about that. So the traditional ISS room, I'm only imagining, you know, maybe desk and rows, (laughs) typically a, a room that's not used very often on campus, potentially a smaller space, one person maybe rotating in and out of that area and very rigid environment. And I I just wonder when you were in that role working in ISS, what were some of the things that you immediately wanted to change? Well, you're right about describing a traditional ISS room. Immediately what I wanted to change came more from a a teacher angle. I knew what the questions were, the, the, the complaints about ISS from the teachers on my campus already. Just going in, I already knew what they were. Sure. So I wanted to change that from their perspective. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of a teacher-centric in-school suspension teacher, so mm-hmm. I want to make sure that the ISS room is serving the entire building. And so what I mostly wanted to change was, you know, are these teachers being supported by what I'm doing in here? Yeah. And so that's how I, the angle I attacked it from immediately. And then I started setting up systems. Uh, we can get into that, but... Uh, just all over the place. And I would say within my first year of working at my, uh, at that campus, I had teachers coming up to me asking, what are you doing? Our kids are getting all their work done. Their behavior is a little bit better. And these are veteran teachers who have been working for sometimes decades, who I realized the way they were talking to me had never seen an in-school suspension room function in all their years of teaching. And so that sort of clicked all a light bulb in my head. And I, I thought my ISS room was great the first year because I was getting really positive feedback. And, you know, I look back now and you know, there's, there's so, much, so many improvements have been made since that first year, but uh, we just started off strong. And then I, I kept building upon it year after year. You had touched on systems and I know there's a lot of things that over time you've made adjustments on and, I would love to get into that because I know a lot of people, a lot of ministers that I've talked to, you know, they start using restorative practices. They start finding out about trauma-informed strategies, and then they start looking at the ISS room, and it doesn't match some of the other practices that they've got going on within the campus. So I'm curious, what were some of the systems that you put in place as you kind of transformed the uh, in-school suspension room? 
which should work with all of those systems that you're doing campus-wide. It should work with PBIS. It should work with restorative, uh, restorative practices. All of that stuff works really well if you have a functioning ISS room. It actually improves all of those things. I would yeah. argue if you don't have a functioning ISS program, then you're probably going to struggle in a lot of implementing a lot of those other systems. The systems I'm talking about, I was referring to, though, were like uh, things I was just talking to a group about last week group of ISS teachers, and it's about engaging academically with the kids. So I was trying to help them remove some of the barriers that is keeping them from engaging with the children in schoolwork, essentially. You know, there's the time factor. Well, you know, what is what is uh, getting in the way of, of your time? And some of that is, well, getting work from the school teachers, from their specific teachers, getting, you know, organizing things in the morning, not knowing the material and what... There are all kinds of excuses that, and and I was like, well, we have a system, a really great system for getting work from the teachers that you should have, you know, that you'll have there in the morning, first period, ready to go, essentially. Um, we have a system for redirecting behavior. So behavior shouldn't be getting in the way too much. You shouldn't be spending too much time there. We have a great system for redirecting, documenting. We're not spending too much time there so that we actually have the time to focus on academics. We're not losing school. We're not losing the school part of in-school suspension. And then we also have some time, I put it towards the end for like restorative or SEL. If you look in the, in the book, The Art of In-School Suspension, or on the first module of our, of our course, our In-School Suspension course, I have that uneven triangle. And you know, the bottom of it is structure. That's the base. And then the, the second largest leg of that triangle is academics and learning. And then the smaller side is SEL or restorative practices, which, whichever you prefer to use. There, there's a reason for that because we want it to still be serving the, 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 the campus and the kids are more primed and ready for SEL type activities once they've been in ISS for a few hours and they've kind of, I like to say, detoxed off of all of the dopamine that they're used to, to consuming, you know, through the snack foods and the video games and the music and social interactions and the social media interactions, all of those things. Uh, once they kind of come down off of that for a few hours and they're in what I call a dopamine deprivation state where we're just kind of working and they're getting some, you know, they're still getting interaction and positive reinforcement from me as, as we go through, but it's not the same to the level of what they're getting uh, from just having a cell phone in there, a smartphone in their hand or having complete access to do whatever they want on their uh, school issued laptop. That that stuff is not does not happen in ISS. So they've kind of calmed down from those things. And then I feel like the SEL part we push towards the end of the day because uh, they're more open to experience those hormones of human connection. You know, the oxytocin and the serotonin that sort of thing. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com/podcasts. Now let's get back to the episode. All right. So Jonathan, I want to talk about just the setup piece, because I know a lot of folks are probably listening, maybe are aspiring or current leaders, and they see the need, right? As so many of us have to kind of make some shifts, make some changes in the ISS room. So what would be some things that are 100% they need to do as soon as possible to make sure that the ISS room is a successful academic space? Sure. Well, the first thing you want to start with is what I call infrastructure. So what's the layout of the room? How are we setting up the desks? We don't do rows, uh, if we can help it. I've helped set up a bunch of different in-school suspension rooms at this point now in my, in my career, because I go into other schools and help people get set up. And that's the first thing I always start with is, you know, what's the layout? If you're at a one-to-one -one campus like I am, 
most campuses are nowadays. You kind of want all of their screens facing you rather than having the students facing you. I have them spread out. Are the desks numbered? Do we have a place to collect cell phones? Um, are, is that, are those numbered same as the desk? Is there a reason for that? Possibly. That's the physical infrastructure of the room. And then we have the digital infrastructure, which like I said before, is our method of getting, notifying the teachers. They have a student in ISS, uh, mm -hmm. having a place for them to enter assignments and just having a back and forth communication with the ISS teachers so that their students remain completely connected to their learning environment. Just because they're in ISS doesn't mean they should be disconnected from the learning environment. So we have a very strong system for doing that. I tell people a lot of times it's not the behaviors or any of the things that they think are going to be the hard part in in-school suspension. The hard part about juggling in-school suspension if you're not organized is say you have seven kids in there, that's seven kids times seven teachers. So that's either a lot of email or just a lot of trying to scramble to get figure out who's doing what and, and on what. And you're actually trying to organize it within the room as well. So even if you have everything, you need to make sure that everybody's getting everything done. I say targeted behavior, zero loss of instruction. That's our North Star for the art of ISS. To get to zero loss of instruction, meaning all of their core contents are, are completed, 100% core content completion for every student in ISS, which is pretty much what we get and, and what we shoot for. We actually shoot for more than that, but that's like our minimum standard is right. you know, core content completion for every student. Uh, it's not that hard to get there if you're organized, but if you're not, it's, it's a nightmare. That's the really hard part. So let's talk about that because I know that earlier you were talking about just the the wasted time with, and potentially, you know, a disorganization coming from that. So, you know, while you were working through changing the systems and trying to make sure that you're organized and, and cutting away some of that wasted, inefficient practices, you know, what, what were some things that you felt like you cut the fat on? Like, what were some things that you, you know, understood, like, okay, I'm doing this better now, which is giving more, more time to then work on the academic, or maybe focus on the SEL, the restorative practice, some of those other things at the end of the day. Right. So once you get the organization side under control of, you know, teachers know who their kid is in ISS ahead of time, uh, they have they have a chance and a place to send you a centralized place to get you uh, work. And then you have it organized within the classroom, how you're handling it for each student there in, in the class. That's your biggest time, I, I guess, wasted effort right there. Once you have that under control, then the next biggest one is probably going to be your uh, documentation redirection for misbehavior. And there's two ways you deal with that. One is our strategy I call win the morning, win the day. So that's, you know, getting your routines and your procedures, your structure, right? After we go from infrastructure, we go to structure, right? So once you have your routines and procedures set up properly, that helps eliminate 50 to 70% of the behaviors you're going to see, depending on the kind of kids that get put in there. And then from there, it's just about being consistent and leaning on your structure and accountability so that you can keep it going all day long. We don't waste a lot of time with our, um, don't waste a lot of time with our redirections. We're not arguing, we're not escalating. That'll save you a ton of time. You just already know what your response is gonna be to a negative behavior before it even happens. So I know how I'm gonna respond to my students yesterday before they've even done anything yet. I already know what the response is gonna be coming from me. And they do too which is part of you know what trauma-informed ISS, which is, which is also what we do. My method in the art of in-school suspension is trauma-informed ISS, but it's, it's kind of combined. And having no surprises is so important. So that when the morning, when the day strategy, not only do they know what my expectations are, but they know how I'm going to respond when they don't meet them. There's only a few things that can go wrong in an in-school suspension room. I pretty much cover all of it in the course and in the mm -hmm. book. 
So I try to make it sure that everybody already knows how to deal with every situation before it even happens. You had talked about trauma-informed ISS, and I love this term. Anyone that's listened to the podcast knows that uh, I have a giant passion for this topic, and especially in administration. So let's break that down a little bit. So a lot of people understand what trauma-informed is as far as a definition, but what does that look like transformed into the in-school suspension space? Yeah, thank you for asking me that. So well, we have four pillars in trauma-informed in-school suspension. It's very similar to a classroom in a lot of ways. There's trauma-informed teaching in a classroom, but there are some subtle differences. Similar, ISS in general, there's, there's people think it's like, oh, it's like a classroom. We just have to make everybody be quiet all day. And that's not true. It is very similar to a regular classroom, but there's a lot of those subtle differences make it difficult for people to uh, run one effectively. So the first pillar in trauma-informed in-school suspension, similar to a classroom, would be uh, you're going to have neutral calm redirection or non-energized response, as we call it. So this would be similar to a regular classroom. You, you don't want to escalate when a child is trying to escalate or when they are having a meltdown or they just start to give pushback on anything. You don't teach them that the most intelligent person they come into contact with on a regular basis resolves conflict by escalating. You just don't do that. So th that's like the first thing. So they feel safe because they know you're not gonna blow up at them. You're not gonna escalate. You're not gonna be sarcastic. You're not gonna belittle them. Um, the other one for me is, and this is particularly good in ISS because you have an abundance of time as compared to a regular classroom teacher. And so wait time is really useful. I'm not in a hurry to get anything done. Other than academics, I'm not really in a hurry to. To, to get anything accomplished. We're not trying to win any fights. So I can give you some wait time and give you some time to cool down. And then we're just going to get right back to, to your work. And I'm going to be helping you with that. I'm not going to just, hey, you need to do your work and, and that's it. I'm going to be there working one-on-one. -on -one. So, and we'll get to that. That's actually part of it too. I'm getting ahead of myself. So trust and transparency would be the second pillar. That's the no surprises thing. You know, they know in the morning, we do win the morning, win the day. So they know what's going to happen, what to expect from me, what can be expected, what the schedule is, when our bathroom breaks are, what lunch looks like. All of that is explained. It takes about 20 minutes, first part of the day. And then we're consistent also. So part of the trust and transparency is that we are consistent. They know what to expect. ISS on the first day of school is exactly the same as it is on the last day of school. They get a lot of support. And then collaboration would be the third pillar. So that's where that one-to-one -one help comes in. I don't believe in busy work. We, we do their actual assignments and in-school suspension. We're working together. I like to call it the invisible hand. So the first thing I do once I've got everybody working is I look for what I call the invisible hand. So that's a kid who is not really engaged in their assignment yet. They look like they're working or maybe they haven't even started or they, maybe they've been on question one for four minutes and they're not doing anything. I don't ask ever the question, do you need help? I've tried to make that I've tried to eliminate that from my vocabulary because the kind of children who are going to ask for help are just going to raise their hand and ask for help. And the rest are just simply not. So I just watch and look for it. And then I don't make a big deal out of anything. I just ask them to come, come over to my desk, bring your Chromebook, um, you know, and just start asking questions. Why don't you show me what, what you're working on? Is it, have they even read the instructions yet? Do they understand the assignment? Do they just need to get somebody to kind of jumpstart them? Um, so that's that one-to-one. -one. And sometimes, you know, if I don't have very many kids in my, in my ISS room, I'm working with one kid for a very long time, maybe, you know, a couple of hours. Uh, you know, sometimes I have a full ISS room and I've just got a few minutes per kid, but I try to get as much one-to-one -one as possible. I was working at a high school uh, recently. We had 40 kids 
in this high school. Half of them were there for vaping. So they were on their way to the alternative school. And, and you know, when they're there just pending placement for alternative school, they don't care. They know where they're going. Even on a day where I have 40 kids and just one other person in the room helping me, I still managed to get a good amount of one-to-one time with at least 15 of those kids. That it's, it's just super important. Um, that's what you're there for. You're a teacher, right? So try to give as much one-to-one or small group as possible and get something accomplished that day with that student. Finally, the, the, the last part is empowerment and choice. And you'd think that you have no empowerment or choice in the in-school suspension room, but you do in mind because I actually allow them, because we're organized, we, we're able to get work and I'm able to organize the room properly. They choose their order of assignment. So if you want to start with math today, a first period, you can start with math. It doesn't matter what your schedule is. If you want to start with ELA, you can start with ELA. I don't care. Just let me know so we can organize it. I can put it in my spreadsheet and uh, you know we'll, we'll get it knocked out and we'll move on to the next thing. That's actually, when you think about it, more, more choice than they have during a regular school day because you can't change your schedule. So they're, and that's been very successful because I've found that they're either going to start with their most non-preferred assignment, their least preferred assignment, and that's okay because that'll build some momentum, or they're going to start with their most preferred assignment, and that's also going to build momentum. So as long as we get some momentum built at the beginning of the day, then we're good. We're doing trauma-informed ISS, and uh, we have great outcomes with it. Well, I love those pillars, and I know probably a lot of folks that are listening are thinking, okay, I would love some additional information, maybe some PD on this topic as I'm trying to transform that space. So, you know, I had a chance to, you know, touch on the course that you have built and I'd love for you to share a little bit more about, you know, what you have to offer in regards to this topic. Sure. So we have developed an online professional development course for in-school suspension. And as I'm actually announcing that on this podcast, I haven't advertised it anywhere or, or told anyone about it really other than my immediate family. And it will be available for pre-sell as soon as, as, as you're hearing this. If you're hearing this podcast right now, you uh, can go to www.theartofiss.com. That's www.theartofiss.com. And you'll be able to find it there. We'll, uh, there'll be a link to take you to sign up for the course. And if you uh, sign up during our pre-sale period, uh, which is going to be running for a while, then uh, you'll save some money. Breaking news on the Aspire to Lead podcast. That's awesome. I believe it's the first of its kind. I don't think there, I haven't seen any other in-school suspension PDs out there. So very cool, Jonathan. So like I said, I've gotten a chance to go through the module and see kind of what the breakdown is of this wonderful PD course. And so, yeah, definitely check that out. We'll have the link in the show notes and uh, we'll make sure that, you know, everyone has access to that both on joshstamper.com and then also in the show notes. I also want to touch on your book, man. I, uh, I have a copy as I showed earlier on YouTube. So uh, I would love for you just to talk a little bit about this wonderful resource also. Yeah, thank you. The Art of In-School Suspension, a discipline program that benefits students and staff. Uh, if you look for it on uh, on Amazon, just make sure you type in the full The Art of In-School Suspension. If you type in The Art of ISS, uh, you may get a coffee table book that has beautiful pictures <laughs> of the International Space Station. I'm not going to be mad at you if you buy it. Uh, but definitely, if you want help with in-school suspension, check out the book. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. Very detailed, and we have our mm-hmm. win the morning, win the day strategy in there. Also very good, I-, I think, for any administrator to read. For sure, man. Because like I said, I think a lot of folks are understanding that some of the traditional practices or maybe even the systems that they have in place are just not efficient or not effective. They may have someone that's 
you know, in one year, maybe they're making progress in space and then, you know, it transitions to someone else and maybe it's not as effective as it's been in the past too. Um, I know that has happened to a lot of folks, including myself. So, you know, if you're looking for a resource, a handbook, a guide of some sort, uh, this is definitely a, a book that you'll want to check out. And um, as usual, joshstamper.com and uh, on the show notes, I have the link for that for Amazon. So you can easily click and purchase that. And then uh, Jonathan, let's talk about some advice, right? For our administrators that are listening, maybe some educators out there. So if they can do something tomorrow, next week to enhance their leadership journey, what would you advise them to do? I would say just start looking at your discipline programs and perhaps being honest about the efficacy of them. When I think about in-school suspension, uh, the traditional in-school suspension on most campuses, thinking either, you know, this is a room where at the, at the bottom level, people have just kind of given up and they're letting the kids, as long as they're quiet and not making too much fuss, just do whatever they want. And then if that's the situation on your campus, then you are incentivizing negative behaviors because it's actually more fun to be there than it is in class. Um, and so that's a disaster. But and, and it's also thinking about how it the ripple effects of that out to the rest of the campus. You know, the teachers aren't going to feel as supported. Um, also, you know, if you have an ISS room that's traditional and it's like the dungeon ISS room where it's like they're being made to be quiet all day and it's really strict and, and hardcore, but there's not really a lot of work getting done, you know, you're still punishing your staff because we're sending those kids back to class three, one to three days behind in instruction. So let's stop punishing ourselves while we're punishing the kids. Let's give them the support that they need and just look into making a change. Give me a call, look into making a change in your ISS room because it can affect your entire campus. Yeah, for real. So Jonathan, I, I'm guessing that some folks are going to be contacting you or looking you up on social media to try and get your support. So, you know, how can they find you either via website or on social media? Sure. Again, the website is www.theartofiss.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Cranford ISS. That is at Mr. Cranford ISS. Well, now I'll have those links. So <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube here, joshdamper.com, or, you know, for those who are listening on the podcast platforms, uh, head over to youtube.com slash at Joshua Stamper. That's the channel. Or you can go over to the Teach Better team and uh, check out the video there. And uh, you can see the wonderful cover of Jonathan's book, but then also we'll have all the links you know, for the course, for the book, and then obviously to connect with Jonathan. So make sure that you're reaching out to him, getting that support that you need. I know I could have used someone as an administrator for nine years to get someone to revitalize my space um, because, you know, over the years, it was a big project and it was something that, you know, I would have loved to have been able to pick someone's brain. And I think Jonathan's that perfect person to uh, help support you in that. So with that, Jonathan, I appreciate everything that you're doing. I love your heart for, you know, what you're doing with the students, with the drama-informed ISS, and, you know, just helping so many educators just in a very difficult state because, as we know, student behavior is something that's increasing and, and we need all the help we can get. So appreciate the work that you're doing in that, but then also for joining me here tonight on Aspire to Lead. Oh, thank you. It's been an honor. 